Get to Old Navy today for $5 leggings for women and girls. That's right, must-have leggings in all the colors you love are on sale for just 5 bucks. But hurry, it's one day only today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Ends tonight, valid 1110, select styles only. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh yeah, that's right, my peeps, Matlock here in the house. Wednesday. Can you believe it? It's Wednesday already. I mean, this week is flying by. Lots of great things to get to today on the Matlock Show, but do me a great big favor. Head over to Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at Real Matlock. L-O-C-K-E is how you spell my last name. You can find me on Facebook, The Cartel Matt, and of course, The Matlock Show. And of I'm over on America's Voice News. You guys are blowing me up. I love it, love it, love it. I did live coverage of President Trump's New Mexico rally. Had a great time. Talked about that yesterday on the podcast. Got a great one for you today. Joe Biden has lost his marbles. I mean, I can't make this stuff up. Corn pops? I mean, old corn pops? We're going to get into that. And uh, we're going to talk about eco-anxiety. I mean, I, I, I want to I touch on just this just really, really I'm going to get into this. I mean, it's just so crazy. Eco-anxiety. The left will do anything. I mean, they literally will do anything. Uh, Behind the General Motors auto workers strike, we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Plus, we're going to get into Google. Apple, hand over gun owner data. It's crazy. But uh, this part of the show brought to you by Verb Forever. CBD oil, my friends. If you head over to thematlockshow.com, that's my website, thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E, you can click on the Verb Forever link and you will be taken to the store with my code because that's how I get paid. That's how I get paid. So please do that, thematlockshow.com. Hit that Verb link, order your CBD oil. Your cream, we've got it for pets. It's amazing. We just ordered our second bottle for our dog. It works. It works well. I mean, our dog is feeling, he looks like he's feeling better. He's more mobile. Um, I think it's helped us make some pains that he was having. But uh, you want to get over to Verve Forever, and that's on my site, thematlockshow.com. Hit that Verve Forever link. Use Verve 20. We'll get 20% off today, and you will get free shipping you will get free shipping on anything over $100. Now, if you're a first-time customer, if you're a first-time customer and you're getting ready to buy some CBD oil or that cream, you can use Verve 50. Verve 50, that's V-E-R-V-E 50. That will get you 50% off of your initial order. Still getting free shipping over $100. Get over there now, thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. Hit that Verve Forever link. Verve 20 if you're not a first-time customer. Verve 50 if you are a first-time customer. Get it today. Love those guys. All right. Joe Biden. Let's jump into this. I'm going to tell you, I think he has lost his ever-loving marbles. Honestly. I This guy is a dodgering fool. I don't know how else to explain it. And I'm in uh, Rio Rancho, New Mexico. For the Trump campaign, the rally, on Monday, and I see this thing pop up on social media. Twitter. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Lost my... There we go. So uh, There we go. So, sorry. Lost it there, but it, something happened. Now I can hear it. I, I'm there in New Mexico, and this thing pops up on Twitter. And it's like, corn pops? What the hell is this guy talking about? Let me set the stage here, because I'm going to play you this clip. And it's about two minutes long, but Joe Biden is in Pennsylvania. And he's at the community pool or wherever it was. He's talking about a diving board. You'll get all this. But he's surrounded by African-Americans. And they're all women. Well, there is one young man, it looks like, there in some swim goggles. Because I'm looking at, this is channel uh, WITN 22 out of uh, Pennsylvania. And they're talk- he's talking, um, he's bringing up this story of this bully, Corn Pops. I want you to listen. I learned a lot. And I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the diving board area, and I was one of the guards. And there were not a, there was a three-meter board. And if you fell off sideways, you landed on the, damp, uh, the darn cement over there. 
And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. There was a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. I said, you kidding me? He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. And they had, in those days, you used to remember the straight race, you'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. And I looked at them, but I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you to get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again, but I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize for that. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that, not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. Are you kidding me? I, who You know, I talked about this on the television show today. Who comes up with this garbage? And why do you think, I mean, in your opinion, I want to hear it over at Real Matlock on Twitter, Instagram, and Parler. Why would you think Joe Biden would come up with a story like this? Oh, get off the, get off the diving board, Esther Williams. Well, I'm sorry about calling you Esther. Oh, it's okay. Oh, thanks, Joe. It's it's okay now. Oh, you apologized. It's okay. It's like, uh, do you remember, I don't remember what, show it was it was one of the uh it was one that uh adam sandler was in with steve buscemi and uh, he had a kill list but sandler calls him up and says you know i'm really sorry about making fun of you in high school or whatever and he crosses off that list i mean is that what joe's doing here is he is he watching old movies i mean why would why would biden feel the need to say this first off seriously why would he feel the need to say that at that particular time? Because he also said, if you remember, well, I'll take President Trump out behind the gym and boy, we'll have a good old fashioned fist fight. Wait, do you, are you trying to look big? I mean, is someone in your campaign telling you that you need to look tough, that you need to look tough? Because I'm telling you, talking about being tough is one thing. Being tough is something completely different. Completely different. Now, this is the crazy thing. Because they know that Donald Trump is tough. It, it's not because Trump says it. It's because of the things that Trump does. Trump is tough on China. Trump is tough on Iran. Trump is tough on Syria. Drop 59 tomahawks on their head. Don't mess with the Trump, right? So I think, this is just my personal opinion, I think someone in the Biden party is saying, you know, we really need to portray ourselves as being tougher because people think we're lax. They think that we're not going to stand up to China. I, I, I think someone is telling them that. I really honestly think someone is telling them that. So that, why else would Joe Biden come out with a story about corn pops and now Mind you, you all know as well as I do that social media is a crazy place and people have been making memes and they've been making videos and I checked out Terrence Williams. I mean, this is, they're talking about cereal. This is made, this, this little antic that Joe Biden has come up with is made for social media. There's no other way to put it. It is absolutely, excuse me, 100% made for social media. It, it, it's 
it's unbelievable. Now I've got another I've got another clip here that I want to play for you because we've got another gaffe. Now you heard Joe, and I want to set this up as well. You heard Biden talking there. And I mean, it sounds like his teeth are getting in the way, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it sound like he's having a hard time to talk? It's like, you know, his big old teeth are getting in the way. They almost fell out Thursday night, the Dem debate kind of stuff. But Joe Biden, I'm going to say this. I said it on the television program today. I'm going to say it now. I think, I, I think mentally there is something going on with Joe Biden. And I feel bad about that. I, th- I think there might be an illness or a sickness or something, some kind of dementia or something that may be happening, right? Because he's having a hard time. But Joe was at this, uh, let me let me make sure I've got this story right. Um, he was at this uh, voters, workers, something for AFL-CIO um, of Philadelphia. And uh, I want you to listen to this little audio clip here of what he says, and then we're going to talk about it. See if we can get this to load up. You get a tax break for a racehorse. Why in God's name couldn't we provide a $8,000 tax credit for everybody who has child care costs? It would put it would put 720 million back million women back in the workforce. It would... Wait, what? Wait, wait, what? It would put now this this is he he, he stumbles over it. I mean, so this is a talking point. That his people have given him. And, and, and he's been prepared. He's been coached, right? So I want you to listen to this again. He stumbles over it, for, first of all. But listen to what he says again. It would put 720 million, back, million women back in the workforce. Um, Joe, there aren't 720 million citizens. See, this is the kind of things we're talking about here. He, he was coached. He was told by his handlers, his team. And I don't know if it's... 72 million women back in the workforce, 7.2 million women back into the workforce, but there aren't 720 million citizens in this country. But yet Joe does this on a daily basis. You know, his quote is, why in God's name shouldn't we provide an $8,000 tax credit for everybody who has child care costs, Biden said. Um, Pennsylvania, it says he, he, and he's in this Pennsylvania, he's in this AFL-CIO of, of Philadelphia. Um, he says it would put 720 women back into the workforce, 720 million women. Now, the statement left many in attendance and those on social media confused, just like you and me right now, as the entire U.S. has a population estimated to be around about 330 million. It is unclear what number the former vice president was attempting to reference. It's just unclear. What is he talking about? In the sad thing, the sad thing about it all was his handlers, his people coached him on that number. They coached him to say that. This was a pre-written statistic. He couldn't remember it. Now, mind you, he doesn't have a memory like Matt Locke. But there are important things like, you know, here's my deal. I'm out in New Mexico with America's Voice covering the Trump rally. And I had to interview the national press secretary who is Kaylee McEnany. And I had to interview the director of communications, Tim Murtaugh. I remembered that. You have to. You got to get that right. So I memorized that, you know, to my memory. This is the same thing with Biden. It's very easy. He could have said, look, you know, this is going to put 7 million women back to work. But he stumbled over it. If you listen to that clip, he stumbled over it. He couldn't, and that's a sign of he can't recall it. He can't recall it back in from his memory. So he stumbled over it. He said it. And now it's like, meh, all right. But the gaffe was only the latest in a string that has left even the former vice president's staunchest allies concerned about his fitness for office. And they should be. They absolutely should be concerned about his mental stability. Since entering the presidential race, Biden has repeatedly confused time and place. Most infamously, in August, when he claimed to be vice president during the mass shooting in Parkland, Florida, which took place nearly a year after he left office. Biden has also, on multiple occasions, forgotten the name of his former running mate, that would be uh, President Barack Obama, while touting their work together in the White House. All of that has left many of the left wondering if Biden is really the Democrats' best hope for beating President Trump. Now, Jamil Smith, a senior writer, he, he took to Twitter. He's a senior writer for Rolling Stones magazine. He took to Twitter. Here's what he said. There is no explanation 
that makes at Joe Biden look good. God, he's not wrong, right? Still, the campaign needs to come out and say what is going on with him. Apparently, this wasn't the only time today that he said he was VP during the Parkland attack in 18. You just don't say that. Biden, is, Biden himself. Now, here's the thing. Biden himself has attempted to address such concerns in recent weeks, albeit in a lighthearted fashion. He says, quote, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. The 76-year-old former vice president said in August when asked about his frequent lapses and gaffes. Yes. Yes, you are. You're losing your faculties. You're losing your ability to remember things. There's a problem with that. And on top of all of that, not just your gaffes, but your enthusiasm. People are not enthusiastic about Joe Biden. They're not. And there's a there's an article here. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. There's an article here in Fox News today. It says Democrat Democratic primary voters more enthusiastic about Elizabeth Warren than Biden. Joe Biden remains the front runner in the race for the Democrat presidential nomination, but a new national survey indicates that Senator Elizabeth Warren tops the former vice president by double digits when it comes to enthusiasm. 35% of likely Democrat primary voters questioned in a new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll said they're enthusiastic about voting for the populist senator from Massachusetts who's put out one progressive policy proposal after another. That's a dozen, dozen, 12, for those of you in Flint, Indiana, percentage points ahead of the 23% who said they were enthusiastic about voting for the former vice president. And Warren, who's been on a steady rise in both national and early primary and caucus voting state polling the last five months, also gets the most second-choice support with 21% of Democrat primary voters saying she would be their second choice in the record-setting field of 20 White House hopefuls. Now, the Tuesday poll came a day after an estimated crowd of up to 20,000 people showed up to see Warren at a rally in New York City. Now, I, I want you to understand this. They're trying hard, and by they, in the mainstream media, which is a wing of the Democrat Party, is trying very hard to convince you that there's enthusiasm in the Democrat Party. I was watching Fox News this morning, and there's a gentleman on there, black gentleman. He says, oh, yeah, enthusiasm is sky high for the Democrat Party. And I'm like, where? Where is enthusiasm sky high? Because all of these Democrats running for president could not do what Trump does. I mean, I'm out there in New Mexico at Rio Rancho, and it's a damn party. The, the atmosphere, you know, the camaraderie, all the talking, the people there, the merchandise, the Democrat Party does not come close to that. But yet, what are we seeing? The polls Tuesday release came a day after an estimated crowd of up to 20,000 people showed up in New York City. 20,000 people should show up in New York City. I mean, it's one of the most populous cities in the world. It's like, I don't know how many people are in New York City. I'd have to look up the population. It's got to be 10 million plus. You'd better get 20,000 people to show up. You're a Democrat. It's a Democrat state. It's just like Los Angeles or California. You're going to get a big crowd to show up because they're all a bunch of Fruit Loops or Corn Pops. I don't know which. But the thing is, show up. I'm going to tell you right now. There isn't a Democrat that could show up in New Mexico and pull the crowd that Donald Trump did on Monday. I mean, the guy pulled 12, 13, 14,000 people in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, not New York City. But yet, the, the, the press runs as fast as they can. Oh, oh, look at this. Oh, 20,000 people showed up for Elizabeth Warren in New York. Oh, yeah, of course they did. Now, Biden leads the overall horse race with 31%. That's up five points from Biden starting or standing in the previous poll that was out in July. Now, now the new poll was conducted September 13th through the 16th, so a couple days ago, in the days following the third round of the Democrat presidential primary debate, which was an absolute circus, by the way. I mean, that debate was ridiculous, right? Biden received praise from political pundits for his more steady performance. He looked like a moron. I mean, they call that steady? 
He had a steady performance? The dude looked like he didn't know where the hell he was at. And Julian Castro, I talked about this yesterday, said, hey, Joe, do you not remember what you said one minute ago? That That's steady? These people, I will tell you what, journalism in this country is dead. This isn't journalism. Hey, steady performance? God, I'd hate to see what a real good performance looked like. Steady? I mean, I'm at, once again, I hate to go back and say this, but it's so amazing because I, I, I got to see it firsthand. I'm amazed when I was at the New Mexico rally of how in touch with people President Trump is and how he just, just effortlessly transitions from the Second Amendment to the border to the economy to abortion to jobs to wages to minorities to the wall. I mean, it's crazy how effortlessly he moved from one subject to the other. And I'll tell you, when President Trump first started giving these speeches from these teleprompters, he was awful. I mean, that's what everybody said about Barack Obama. Oh, he's such a smooth orator. Oh, he's such a great talker. He he could just talk the birds out of the trees, right? When Donald Trump, when President Trump first used that teleprompter, I was like, God, you, it, it sounds horrible. It sounds made up. It, it, it sounds like you're wooden, that you know, you're, not, you're not flexible, that you're not authentic. So I'm telling you, New Mexico, you wouldn't have known the guy was talking on a teleprompter. You wouldn't have known. That's how good he's gotten. But they're literally saying, I mean, this is what's crazy. Biden received praise from political pundits for his more steady performance, especially at the start of the showdown when he aggressively questioned how Warren and Bernie Sanders of Vermont, the other progressive standard bearers in the Democrat field, would pay for their Medicare for all proposals. So he called them socialists. That's not hard. And that's not prepared. They are. They are. Warren stood at 26% support in the poll, up 6 from the previous. Stan, uh, Sanders was in third place at 14%. You've got South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg was at 7 Kamala Harris at 5 That's down 13% since July when Harris enjoyed a surge in the poll in the wake of her takedown of Biden at the late June first round of debates. Tech entrepreneur Andrew Yang stood at 4 Cory Booker and Amy Klobacher at 2 Everyone else in the primary race registered at 1% or less or at the rate of, I don't care. Unbelievable. Now, the survey indicates Biden leading Warren 42 to 15 among self-described moderate or conservative Democrats, while the senator tops the former vice president 36 to 19 among those who describe themselves as liberal. Huh. So progressive socialist liberal prefer Warren, moderate conservative Democrats prefer Biden. That's not newsworthy, but there it is. And it's a gaff a minute. I mean, Biden is a gaff a minute. It will be so interesting to see what happens. And now the the, the thing is, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the thing is they're going to have more debates and more people are going to get in them. There, <laughs> I'm reading Twitter. Sorry. Uh, by the way, so all you guys know, and I want to make sure I say this right. So, um, let me uh, let me do this. I got to do this just real quick, and then I'm going to bring it back up here. Shut that down there. Um, I'm going to be on KCBQ, 11:70 a.m. out of San Diego. I am filling in tonight. Mark your calendars at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for one Andrea K. Love that lady. She's she's five foot two and dynamite in a dress. And I'm filling in for her out in San Diego this evening. So you're going to want to tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern as I fill in for Andrea K. I want to make sure I get the call letters right. KCBQ, 1170 AM out of San Diego, California. So that's tonight. She just went to Twitter. It was funny. Girls, make sure you have extra glue on those extensions. At Real Matlock is locked and loaded. And I am. I'm going to bring. Oh, I don't know. I'll tell you what. I don't know if San Diego's ready for Matt Locke, but we're going to find out tonight on the Andrea K Show. Make sure you tune in. Um, I'm sure if you go to their website, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll know they're a Salem radio station, so I'm sure they'll have a link that you can listen. And you're going to want to listen because I'm going to snatch some wigs or whatever in the queendom calls it. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. You guys are fantastic. And if you would, do me a great big favor. Head over to Scars and Stripes Coffee. I'm still drinking coffee from traveling. I've got some jet lag this morning. I woke up with a horrible headache. Boy, I've got the coffee flowing. Scars and Stripes coffee. Good coffee. Take a little sip there. But you know what it does? It empowers a veteran. 
That's really the important thing. I saw a lot of veterans out in New Mexico shook every one of their hands. They're fantastic. Love our veterans. Love our veteran community. Love everything that they do. But Scars and Stripes gives an e-commerce platform to keep these men and women with a mission. They get to be self-employed. They get to be entrepreneurs. They get to go out and own their own business, and they sell coffee. They sell merchandise. you got to head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com, or you get the link on my website, thematlockshow.com. But get over there, order you some coffee, help out a veteran, help them with a mission. It's fantastic, and it's good coffee. Scarsandstripescoffee.com, proud sponsor of The Matlock Show. Go do it. Go get you some coffee, help out a veteran, go buy a shirt, whatever, after the show. But do it, scarsandstripescoffee.com. All right, I want to get into something that I find, this is, I'm so tired of, of watching this crap. And I feel, I, I'm going to tell you, here is the headline. Epidemic of kids treated for eco-anxiety over climate change. Now, when you first read this, you're like, is this really a thing I mean, come on. I was a kid. Now I'm 45. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it. I've lived a few years. I am seasoned, right? I've seen a few things. And I can tell you, personally, as a kid, I never, ever, ever worried about the weather. Seriously. And I'm sure many kids are just like me. I mean, I was more worried about getting on my bike and riding to my best friend's house who lived a couple miles away, or I was working on the hog farm down the road to make some extra money to buy that first car, or I was down at the churchyard playing a pickup football game or basketball game down there. I mean, I never sit around and said, oh my God, oh my God, the, the earth's warming. Oh my God, what am I going to do? But yet, here we are. Here we are. Thomas D. Williams, Ph.D., wrote this for Breitbart, and it says, a growing number of children are being treated for an overwhelming terror of environmental doom as climate alarmists spread fears of an impending climate disaster that Daily Telegraph has reported. Are you effing kidding? I mean, are, are, you, are, are we living... In, in bizarro world, first of all, climate change is, is ridiculous. The climate changes every damn day. I mean, I left Fort Worth, Texas on Sunday. It was 98 degrees, and I flew into Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it was 65. That's a changing climate. I mean, every damn day it rains, the wind blows, the sun shines. These people are crazy, and now it's affecting our children. A growing number, I want to read it again because I want you to hear this, and I'm going to jump into this article. It's so damn crazy. A growing number of children are being treated for an overwhelming terror of environmental doom. Environmental doom? <laughs> environmental doom? You know that our environment's the best it's been in a long time? We have clean air and clean water. I mean, you know, the left will sell you, oh, you know, those crazy Republicans, they don't want clean air and clean water. Yes, we do. But why don't you go tell China that? Why don't you go tell Turkey that? Why don't you go tell Indonesia or Vietnam or Laos or any of those places over there that run sweatshops that make everything you wear and they pollute the environment? We don't pollute the environment. It's so ridiculous. A growing number of children are being treated for an overwhelming terror of environmental doom. Give me a damn break. Okay, so it says, here, here's what it says. Let, let's get into this because I'm irritated already. I mean, I'm tired of this garbage. It's such fiction. And this crap gets published every stinking single day. Protests by groups such as Extinction Rebellion. The recent fires in the Amazon and apocalyptic warnings by the teenage activist Greta Thunberg has prompted a tsunami of young people seeking help, the Telegraph science correspondent reported on Monday. A lot of parents, this is a quote, a lot of parents are coming into therapy asking for help with the children, and it has escalated a lot this summer, said psychotherapist Caroline Hickman of the Climate Psychological Psycho Psych Let me say this right. Of the Climate Psycholo Psychology Alliance. There we go. The, cli the Climate 
Psychology Alliance, CPA. There's a damn climate psychology alliance. I mean, that's crazy, right? I thought CPA was a certified public accountant. The Climate Psychology Alliance. There's, es- there's an escalating fear. The symptoms, get this, the symptoms are the same as clinical anxiety. The feelings are the same, but the cause is different, she said. The fears of environmental doom and that we're all going to die. Oh, 12 years, it's over. Oh, my God. I mean, seriously. I mean, seriously. Now, parents, I'm going to put some of this on you. Because I think it's up to the parents to tell your kids, you know what? The the world's not going to end. And if it does, you ain't going to know it anyway. I mean, seriously. If the world ends, we're all dead anyway. I mean, it's one of those deals I hate flying. I absolutely hate flying. But I tell myself, you know what? Planes fly around all the time and they don't crash. The likelihood that I'm going to die in a plane crash is very low. So I jump on that plane, I read a book, and I go to my destination, and away I go. It's the same thing here. You could die tomorrow. I mean, that's the crazy thing about this, and it's the reality of life. My heart could stop in 30 seconds, and I wouldn't finish this podcast. I don't know. Nobody. That's the thing. We None of us know how much time we have left. That's the only assurity we have in life is that we're going to die, that eventually this body, this shell, is going to die. Where our soul goes, where our spirits go, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. That's Rocky Stucci's, you know, forte is where our energy goes. But eventually we're all going to die. We're all going to leave this earth. It's the only, the only thing we're certain of. But to sit here and have your kids, and and this is so unreal, because as a kid, I never thought about death. You know, you don't, you're young. You don't think about, you you think you're going to live forever. I mean, when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I thought I was indestructible. I never worried about death. I never worried about dying. I could have died. I mean, I should be dead. I'm just going to tell you now, I should be dead. Some of the dumb crap I did in a car when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, driving stupid, the, the, the near misses and all, I should be dead, but I'm not. And I never thought about it. And, but here we are, we got these kids. Oh, oh, a lot of these parents, you know, they're coming into therapy, asking for help with their children. How about if you just sit down with their children and you say, guys, look, you know, I don't want you to worry about this and you shouldn't. You're a kid. You're a kid. You know, live your life. You're not guaranteed anything. And I mean, look, I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm not trying to be insensitive. But isn't it the parent's responsibility to sit down with your children and tell them the truth? I mean, I've never, you know, that's the crazy thing. I've never had that conversation with my kids. My daughter's going to be 21. My son's 18. I never sat down with them at 10, 12 years old and said, you know what? You're going to die someday. They never, never even came up. So as a parent, if your child comes to you, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? I mean, I think as a responsible adult, you would sit down and have a conversation with them, right? Do you think that requires a psychologist? No. So she says the symptoms are the same. The feelings are the same. But the cause is different. It's the fear of environmental doom, that we're all going to die. A spike in psychological trauma over global warming should come as no surprise since climate alarmists have been intentionally amping up the rhetoric over a looming environmental apocalypse. God, apocalypse. You know, we, we've we seen a, a climate change. I mean, I can remember, and I'm old enough to remember, back in the late 70s, early 80s, they said the earth was cooling. We were going to go into a mini ice age. Now they're telling you the world's going to burn up. And then you had Al Gore saying the world was going to end because I remember Rush Limbaugh had the damn ticker on his website forever, and now it's gone. The world has not come to an end, Al Gore. There's still plenty of ice in the Arctic, and the polar bears are still alive. But yet we've got now Ocasio-Cortez, like, 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 who says like, the Earth's going to end like in 12 years, like, we're just going to die in 12 years, like, like, like. Totally tubular on a, I don't know, whatever level. But anyway, so according to Breitbart News, activists have studied people's emotional response to climate expressions and purposefully selected the terminology that elicits the strongest reaction. 
In 2018, the Berkeley City Council in California, the land of the fruits and the nuts, issued a resolution declaring a worldwide climate emergency, calling it the greatest crisis in history after evoking memories of World War II. It's a climate emergency worldwide. The following month, Salon magazine announced it is time to start panicking over climate change. Quote, it is time for us to panic about global warming, wrote Salon contributor Matthew Raza. Indeed, a proper state of panic is long overdue. Now, I, I, I just got a question here, and I'll finish this up. What amount of money would help the climate? Seriously. What amount of money would help the client climate? Because, you know, they have value-added taxes. They have environmental taxes over in the UK, over, you know, in Europe, right? Has it changed the climate worldwide? Not one bit. But yet what's happening over there? All those people are still paying taxes. So you've paid taxes for 20 plus years and it hasn't affected the climate one bit. What, shouldn't you be upset? Shouldn't you be pissed? I mean, you're giving your good hard-earned money to the government. What are they doing with it? I mean, seriously, what are they doing with it? They're not going to stop the climate. They're not going to change the weather. They have no power to. They've got no power to change the weather. And I love it because I'll get into these arguments on Twitter, on, on social media. Oh, oh, well, you need to be a better steward of, 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 of the earth. Well, you first. Hey, Bernie Sanders, stop flying all over the place in your jet plane. Hey, get rid of your three houses, your six cars, your gas guzzler. Hey, uh, AOC, like, 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 stop using like, like Uber or, or the transportation in those like, like big suburbans. These people are hypocrites. They don't do what they say. These, these Democrats come out and they tell you and I that we've got to, you know, we've got to follow the rules. That we need to start, you know, with Mother Earth. That we need to be better. That, that we need to curb climate change. Or the Earth is going to die. But yet, now it's an epidemic. Environmental doom. And you got this Raza guy. Well, indeed, it's a, pro a proper state of panic is long overdue. What will panic do? Seriously. What would panic do? Last May, the Guardian newspaper released updates to its official in-house style guide intended to sharpen its climate change rhetoric in order to alarm readers and motivate them to action. See, they're trying to scare you because they want you to do a particular action. They're scaring you out of your money. Quote, instead of climate change, the preferred terms are climate emergency, crisis, or breakdown, and global heating is favored over global warming because heating is so much more hot than warming. I don't know. Although the original terms are not banned. Well, we're going to ban terms now? The phrase climate change, for example, sounds rather passive and gentle when what scientists are talking about is a catastrophe for humanity, said Catherine Viner, the Guardian's editor-in-chief and a firm believer in the impending climate apocalypse. Increasingly, she says, climate scientists and organizations from the UN to the Met Office are changing their terminology and using stronger language to describe the situation we're in. Because <gasps> we need stronger language. It's global heating not global warming. Even Pope Francis has been adopting stronger rhetoric to describe what he sees as a climate emergency around the globe. In his recent message for the World Day of Prayer for the care of creation, the Pope employed the apocalyptic language encouraged by climate alarmists. Human beings have caused a climate emergency that gravely threatens nature and life itself, he said, urging drastic measures to, to fight global warming. Well, I thought it was global heating. As activists attempt to scare people into becoming eco-warriors, that's a new word, it is no surprise that children are suffering psychologically as a result. 
since they do not possess the critical thinking skills necessary to separate the facts from the hype. That's why they have parents. Come on, parents. But we got these eco-warrior wackos on the left who believe that, you know, their kids can, if they got a little boy at six, he can be a little girl. Why wouldn't they believe this garbage, right? They're morons. They're ruining their children. It's called child abuse. Sit down with your children, have a conversation, and act like the adult in the room. But, no, well, you know, eh, they, these kids don't possess the critical thinking skills necessary to separate the facts from the hype. When they hear that the world is ending or that human civilization only has 10 years to exist, they tend to believe it. I blame this on the parents. I really do. Once again, my parents were not talking to me about climate. They weren't saying the world's going to end. Well, Matt, you know, you're not going to get to live very long because the world's going to end in 10 years. And then these poor kids are like, wait a minute. Why, why do my parents keep saying this? What's going on? I don't, I, I don't want the world to end. What's going on? Ah. Now, I want you to listen to this. This is crazy. Final paragraph of this story. The Climate Psychology Alliance said psychiatric drugs have been administered to some children complaining of eco-anxiety. Let's give them drugs. Let's fill them full of Ritalin and all Adderall and all these drugs because that's how we fix everything, right? This ought to be criminal. It ought to be damn criminal. Psychiatric drugs have been administered to some children complaining of eco-anxiety. The group is now pushing for official recognition of eco-anxiety as a psychological phenomenon. In 2017, the American Psychological Association released a report acknowledging the impact of eco-anxiety and calling for further research into the mental health consequences of climate change. Ms. Hickman said that parents should learn to use gentler language in talking to their children about global warming. So let me get it straight here. You need harsher language when you're talking to adults and gentler language when you're talking to your children so as that you don't give them eco-anxiety. She says, what you don't want is that child to collapse in a well of desperation saying, what's the point in going to university or what's the point of doing my exams, which I have heard children say, shut the hell up. What a bunch of freaking pansies. We live in the, oh, I want to say bad words right now. Bunch of patsies. Oh, these poor kids. Just one more thing to worry about. They don't even want to go to university. Why even live? I mean, the world's going to end in 10 years. Uh, we have we gotten this soft. We have gotten this soft as 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 a as a nation, and we allow it to happen. You know, eat some dirt, rub some dirt on it. Come on, Buttercup, buck up. Sometimes you got to punch that bully right in the mouth. God, let's just grow a set. Eco anxiety. Well, this will get the eco anxiety people all pissed off. Trump administration revokes California's authority to set auto mileage standards. Now, Trump talked about this in New Mexico. In a move, President Trump said he will reduce car prices but will also anger environmental groups. The administration is revoking California's authority to set strict fuel economy standards. Good for you. I don't want an electric car. I want a gas-guzzling car. And if I want to buy it, go F yourself. Bunch of pansies, go with your eco-anxiety teenagers somewhere else. I mean, grow a damn set. God, this I might talk about this. No. Should I talk about this to San Diego tonight? I, I want to hear on Twitter. At Real Matt Lock. Should should I bring up this whole deal with California and the fuel economy standards to San Diego? You think I would trigger a lib, a lib out there? Probably. Trump announced, <laughs> I'm so bad. Trump announced the move Wednesday, saying the decision was made in order to produce far less expensive cars for the consumer while making cars safer at the same time. Yeah, I'm telling you, my dad's a mechanic. I grew up in a garage. I handed my dad wrenches from the time I was two or three years old. I love cars. Love muscle cars. I love having a car around me, a big, sturdy car. Today's cars are all fiberglass and the crumple zones and blah, they're just terrible. And, you know, when they're making them lighter and they want more fuel mileage. I mean, my Acura, 
which now is 10 years old. See, I, I drive used cars. I don't like to buy new cars. I don't like to spend money. Kind of tightwad like that, right? I like having money in my pocket. I don't want a car payment. So I drive older cars, right? I have an 09 Acura. My wife has an 09 Honda. They're 10 years old. They run as good as the day we bought them. And they're paid for. But you know, there's some metal around them. They're, they're, they're heavier cars. In my Acura, which has a V6, it's powerful. Man, car's fast. It gets 29 miles a gallon. It's fine for me. I mean, I probably spend, I don't drive much anymore because I got the home office and I do my work out of the house and everything else, but I probably get gas every 10 days and it costs me about 30 bucks. Seriously. So I probably spend less than $100 a month in gas. Even now that it's, I think it's, I think it's right around 239 now because that thing that went on with Iran hitting the Saudi Arabia oil fields. But anyway, you know, the whole thing is my car gets plenty of mileage, 29 miles a gallon. Now my wife's pilot only gets about 20, but we know that's an SUV. But it's got third row seating. We can do all kinds of things with it. We haul stuff. We, we put our bikes on the back. We do a lot of stuff with that pilot I can't do with my car. So I'll, I'll give up the gas mileage for what I need to do with it. But Trump announced the move Wednesday saying the decision was made in order to produce far less expensive cars for the consumer while making cars safer at the same time. He says this will lead to more production because of this pricing and safety advantage and also due to the fact that older, highly polluting cars will be replaced by new, extremely environmentally friendly cars. Trump tweeted Wednesday morning, and he's right. I mean, I have a 10-year-old car. If cars were cheaper, I might buy a, a newer car, but I'm not going to because I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of money. Now, California's authority to set its own emission standards tougher than the federal government's goes back to a waiver issued by Congress during the passage of the Clean Air Act in 1970. The state has long pushed automakers to adopt more fuel-efficient passenger vehicles that emit less pollution. A dozen states and the District of Columbia also follow California's fuel economy standards. The Trump administration decided to revoke that waiver. Yeah, here comes the fight. Touching off what is sure to be another high-profile legal fight with the Golden State. Now, I'm going to tell you, here's the deal. Here's my personal opinion on this. California can do whatever the hell it wants. Amendment, 10th Amendment. California can do whatever it wants. All the other states... They got to go and get their own waivers because California's only got the waiver, right? California, if, if you look at that, California got a waiver issued by Congress back in 1970. Now, the dozen states in the District of Columbia also follow it, but they have no waiver. So Trump can go to them and say, hey, I can or cannot give you a waiver on federal emission standards, not state emission standards. If you want to go, and this is the whole thing about government that I love, State government, you can pass emission standards in your state. Problem is, you're not going to get any money from the federal government. Federal government say, hey, all right. You want to pass your own state emissions? Oh, all right. You're not going to get any federal money. Now, the Trump administration's decision revokes that waiver, touching off what is sure to be a legal fight. In anticipation of the move, California Attorney General uh, Xavier Becerra, said Tuesday that the administration's actions will hurt both U.S. automakers and American families, he said. California would fight the administration in federal court. How would it hurt? I mean, I want you to think about that for a second. First of all, how does it hurt automakers? Let, let's think about that. If you make a car that's $3,500 less, okay, you're having less cost in the building that car, so your profit margin probably doesn't change, right? So if your profit margin doesn't change, it doesn't hurt automakers. Secondly, how is it hurting American families to pay $3,500 less for a car? Once again, Mr. Becerra, please explain to me how that would hurt anybody. He says, quote, you have no basis and no authority to pull this waiver. Becerra, a Democrat, said in a statement, yeah, he does. Of course he does. It was passed by Congress. All he has to do is pull it. Hey, I'm pulling it. It's just a waiver. He's the president. I don't, I'm not a judge. I'm not an attorney. But you, you don't think the president just can't pull the waiver? And, and I'm going to tell you right now, once again, I'm going to say this to you. President Trump has a lot of smart people around him. I'm sure someone has told the president, yes, you can do this. It's always the way it works out. We always sit here and we look at this and the left cries, oh, well, the president Trump has no authority. And then he goes, hey, 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 look here. And then he pulls out something like the wall. Or he pulls out something like, you know, the emergency standards. Or he pulls out something where he can do something and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he can. So to me, I can't say yes or no that he can or can't do it because he probably knows he can. He wouldn't have pulled it otherwise. That's the whole thing. Trump ain't going to pull this otherwise. If he can't do it, he wouldn't do it. So Becerra is saying you have no basis or authority to pull this waiver. Huh. 
He says, we're ready to fight for a future that you seem unable to comprehend. California Governor Gavin Newsom said the White House has abdicated its responsibility to the rest of the world on cutting emissions and fighting global warming. Why don't you tell that to China, Governor? Why don't you ask China, Turkey, Indonesia, Vietnam to cut their emissions? And global warming. They're the culprits, not us. The president, though, claimed there would be very little difference in emissions between the federal and the California standards, but said cars will be far safer and much less expensive. He also predicted that a new national standard for fuel economy will result in more cars being produced by the U.S. and more jobs. See, so here's Trump saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to protect America. I am going to protect America, and I'm going to do this. It'll be, inter- it'll be I think I'm going to cover this tonight on the Andrew K. Show. I'm going to cover this tonight. I, I, we're going to piss some people off in California. Let's do that. Why not? I'm, I'm good at pissing people off. Um, I want to get this in, by the way, before we're out of time. Got about 10 minutes here. Um, head over to combatflipflops.com. Combatflipflops.com. Um, I was back in flip-flops yesterday. So happy to be. I mean, I spent, you know, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday in New Mexico back to get to go. I'm glad to get back to my golf shorts and my flip-flops. Combatflipflops.com. Use lock 25, L-O-C-K-E, 25. You get 25% off anything at their website anytime. But they have fantastic flip-flops. I've got the Coyotes. I've got the regular Coyote flopperators. And I've got the uh, Zero Rise, which is good for your back, which is good because my back's kind of sore after standing all day on Monday. But I love them. Head over to CombatFlipFlops.com. Bad for running, worse for fighting. Get you some. Use LOCK25, L-O-C-K-E, and you get 25% off your purchase today. A little bit of that money goes to Afghanistan women. Help educate them so they can stop fighting and sell more flip-flops. CombatFlipFlops.com. Use lock two five L O C K E. Do it now. Say twenty five percent off and get a pair of flip flops like twenty five bucks. Cheap. I don't two pair. I might buy another. I might get the AK forty sevens just to have some dressier flip flops. Combatflipflops.com. Use lock two five L O C K E. Do it now. Say twenty five percent. All right, we're talking about emissions. We're talking about cars. Um, General Motors. The auto workers are on strike. And I'll tell you, there's a big GM plant in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I have a lot of friends that work there. And I'm telling you, they're paid well. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I wonder why they're striking, to be honest with you. We're going to talk about this story because it's amazing. But I've got buddies there who did not go to college, who have worked at GM for the last 20 years. Good for them. I mean, I have no problem with what they do. They're in the union. They make the money. I mean, some of these guys make buku dollars. Like my one buddy just hangs doors on pickup trucks. That's all he does. He hangs like nine doors an hour. It's crazy. He hangs like a door every eight minutes or seven minutes. I don't know how, how much it is. It's like a door. It's like a door every eight or nine minutes, right, on, on these pickup trucks. And he gets paid very well. I mean, 60000 plus with no college education whatsoever. Just hangs doors. But behind the General Motors auto workers strike, the strike by workers at General Motors plants across the country is the clearest demonstration of a shift in the U.S. economy that began nearly two years ago. What happened two years ago? Oh, President Trump happened two years ago. Workers are finally gaining some economic leverage over their employers. The shift can be seen in wage gains after several years of falling or stagnant wage growth. Wages began a sustained rise in late 2017. What happened in 2017? Oh, President Trump, that's right. Um, In October of 18, average hourly earnings growth surpassed 3% for the first time since the Great Recession. So under President Trump, your wages are going up. Under President Trump, you have jobs. Under President Trump, you have more disposable income. That's a good thing. Wage gains for what the government describes as production and non-supervisory employees hit the 3% mark a month ago. In the most recent figures for August, and annual wages were up by nearly 3.5%. And the gains are going to workers who need them most. I want you to think about this. This is what blew me away in this article, and I'm going to talk about this the rest of the time. Over the past year or so, low-wage workers have seen the fastest pay hikes, a reversal of, get this, a reversal of the Obama era when wage growth was concentrated among workers with the highest incomes. What does the left tell you? What does the left tell you? That Donald Trump's tax breaks only were for the rich. Who was for the damn rich? Obama! Over the past year, I want you to listen to this. Over the past year, low-wage workers have seen the fastest pay hikes, a reversal of the Obama era when wage growth was concentrated among workers with the highest income, the wealthy, the rich. But yet, what does the left tell you? That Trump's for the wealthy. Who is really for the wealthy? Barack Hussein Obama. 
projection. They're liars. If you believe anything that comes out of a liberal's mouth anymore, you're crazy. Obama was for the rich. You'll never hear anybody say it. You'll never hear these statistics. I was blown away. But now the Trump tax reforms have done what? Have made wages rise for low-wage workers. You, you've got more money. You've got a better uh, you got a better uh, life, a, a better living experience. You got more disposable income. Maybe you can take that week's vacation now. I mean, you're doing better as a low low wage worker. The left tells you you're not. The left literally comes out there and all these knuckleheads on the stage say you're worse off than you were before. Bullowning. That's BS. Because only people, the only people that Obama was taking care of were the rich. But what did the left tell you? Well, Trump's only for the rich, the evil, greedy 1%. It's amazing, isn't it? You're sitting here getting lied to constantly by the Democrat Party, and they're telling you things that just aren't true. And all of their little lemmings take this hook, line, and sinker. And you know what? These gains are real. Inflation has been muted, which means the wage gains give workers more spending power. Hence the reason the economy is so good. Because what is the left telling you? We need a recession. We need a recession. We need, we need, we need something to collapse because then we can blame it on Trump. Because they can't beat him. They can't beat him. Because the facts are, middle America out there, you deplorables, you're making more money. You're, you're better off. You're better off than you were when Obama was president because he was giving the money to the rich. He actually was giving the evil, greedy one percenters. They call him the money. I don't believe they're evil. I don't believe they're greedy. I think they're amazing. They're the ones that own the businesses. They're the ones that give you the jobs. They're the ones that make the economy go. Without them, you don't have a job. You ever had a job from a poor man? No. Or a woman? No. I never have. I've always worked for people who have money, who have sacrificed their hard their, their, their hard work, their capital to start a business and make it work. But yet, I want you to think about this. The, econo- the economic expansion has stretched on. It's now the longest on record. Companies are finding it harder to find new workers. It's true. I'm a recruiter. You know how hard it is to find good people now? And companies are paying top dollar for them because you can't find them. The economy is better than it's been in a long damn time. But you wouldn't know it from the Democrat primary or any of the candidates or the Democrat party. They will tell you it's doom and gloom and that we've got eco-anxiety. I mean, you got to distract you from something, right? I'm telling you right now. I'm going to finish the show this way today. After watching President Trump in person doing that campaign rally, I I, I have a hard time believing that he isn't going to win the presidency back in, in, in 2020. I mean, we've got 13 months here. It's going, to be, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be fantastic radio because that's what Donald Trump does. But these, pe- these people on the left, these Democrats, the mainstream media, they're lying to you. They're not telling you the damn truth. They don't want you to know how good the economy is. They don't want you to know that your your wages are up. And I don't know why the hell General Motors is striking. Maybe I, I guess these workers want more money from the union. I don't know. I'm not a union guy. I would never work for a union. That's just my personal opinion. You don't need a union. You used to need a union for security, you know, for safety, for all that stuff. You don't really need a union anymore. I mean, I know Toyota doesn't do it. Toyota pays their people really well to make their cars, but here you go. You got General Motors on this worker strike. There's a uh, plant down here in Arlington uh, right down the road from me that they're on strike. I mean, I I wish them the best. You know what? We live in a capitalistic system. I want you to get as much money as you're worth. So if you believe you're worth $80,000 a year, I hope you get it. I really do. But I'm going to tell you what. There's never been a better time in this country to be employed. There's never been a better time to be in the economy. There's never been a better time your need. You are in need as a worker, and that is good for you because that makes your wages rise. That makes you more valuable, and you can you you can thank President Trump for it. You can you can thank him. His policies have led us here. The Democrat Party isn't going to tell you that, but they have. It's unbelievable. An hour coming on. It's amazing. Hours coming on to the Matlock Show. Make sure you get over to Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at Real Matlock. Find me on Facebook. The Cartel Matt and the Matlock Show. Find me over at americasvoice.com. Go download that and share everywhere, guys. Share it everywhere. Hey, I'm on tonight. I am on tonight in San Diego. 
9 p.m. Eastern, KCBQ, 1170 a.m. out of San Diego, filling in for the fantastic Andrea K. Make sure you find them on the internet so you can listen to me. The festivities kick off at 9 o'clock tonight. You need to do it. All right, guys. The Matlock Show for today is out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 30.